Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. It's Michigan week, so we're not going to have any fun. We're only going to talk about nitty-gritty football stuff out of respect for the rivalry. So prepare for three hours of deep dives <laughs> on... <laughs> I thought We was... couldn't talk football for three hours. I thought you said five hours. It was going to be five hours. Talk pie for three hours. We could talk. We could deep dive on stuffing versus mashed potatoes for three hours. I couldn't deep dive on Michigan for more than like four minutes. Yeah. Um, so we'll do our best. It is Michigan week. It is also Thanksgiving week, which we'll actually get a, we're going to talk about that because uh, I have a couple Twitter polls we did this week to uh, get your thoughts as we talk about this stuff. But it's Doug Maurice, Bill Landis, and Tim, Tim Bielek, your Ohio State coverage team for Cleveland.com. Read our stuff at Cleveland.com slash OSU. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Instead of going Black Friday shopping, make a note for yourself when you wake up Friday, if you don't have to go to work, you can go shopping, but before you go, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you get all of our videos there. And also make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on iTunes or anywhere else you can find fine podcasts. We're on there. So we're going to dive in first on sort of like a theoretical Ohio State-Michigan issue. Then we will get into some of the matchups. Um, we'll let you know that Bill thinks this is going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be close, really close. And Tim is somewhere in the middle. So we have some different thoughts about this game. We will talk Thanksgiving food. We'll talk fried turkey a little bit. Um, But we mostly want to talk Ohio State-Michigan. So here's the first thing we want to talk about. Do you think that in the playoff era, the Ohio State-Michigan game has been diminished in some way because we are sort of in a time where it's playoff or bust? That the playoff gets so much attention. It's four teams instead of two. We're in an era where, you know, during the 10 year war with Woody and Bo, there wasn't a defined national champion like there is now. Um, has the playoff and partially the Big Ten championship game, again, it's not, this is not the last game of the Big Ten season anymore, has that diminished the rivalry in any way? We had 575 Twitter votes on a poll that asked that. Can you guys guess what the vote was? Whether it is diminished in the playoff era. Tim, you guess first. I'd say no. I think I think a lot of people would say no. What's the percent? Percent. Um, 68%. I cheated. I asked you earlier. Is it like 80? Yeah. 
79% no. Jeez. 21% yes. So what are your votes? Tim, what's your vote? Yes or no? Is it diminished? No. And I say no because you wouldn't have people singing, we don't give a you-know-what for the whole state of Michigan. You can say damn. Okay, damn. <laughs> you don't, we don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. I'm still not sure what, obviously, certain words you can say on podcasts. Here, let's try that again. Get ready to say it. <laughs> say, say the song. We don't give a damn. Beep! <laughs> See I how think, that? I think in the auto audio editing software, you can actually add bleeps in, so we may have to... If you want to, do you want to edit the podcast? Are you volunteering to edit the podcast? No. Okay. This is a bleep-free podcast. <laughs> no censorship. Yeah, but again, people wouldn't be singing that song. They wouldn't be covering up all the M's on the signs, of which Doug captured sixty some photos of of signs on campus that have the M's blocked out. Go on Cleveland.com. You can find it. It's a tremendous collection. They wouldn't be doing that if this game mattered. Like you wouldn't. Be, they wouldn't be. If doing it didn't it, matter. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. If this game did not matter. I'm sorry, but. The, the point is, this is the game that like all the guys talk about. It. You know, this is the game you come to one of the game. The reasons you come to Ohio State It's one of the first things you talk about when you come here is playing Michigan. That's what Urban Meyer talks about. Is that's the reason for one of the big reasons to come to Ohio State? You play for national championships. Number one and number two is Michigan. That is. Wait, the- wait, wait. You think that's the order? I don't know if that's necessarily the order. It you maybe- said number one, and then you said number two. Well, you're allowed number one, and you're and you're allowed to think that if you. Yeah, think no, no, no. I'm, I'm clarifying. I'm clarifying. I said one and two, although I think it's more of a one A one B. That's cop out. Pick one. Seriously, no. And, okay. And no, there's no wrong answer. I'm just curious what you actually um, think. Well, I mean, in the playoff picture, I'm sure people would rather win the national championship because I think even in this area, you could go eleven and zero in the regular season, clinch a spot in the Big Ten title game, lose to Michigan, but still get in the playoff and win the national championship. But I think it nothing diminishes Ohio State Michigan. There's a reason it's among the greatest robberies in sports. I, I feel you like just you contradicted still, yourself. Yes. I mean I if mean, you think Maybe it's like you can have your cake and eat it too. No, because because we're going to give our answers. We're both going to say which one we think is more important. Which one do you think is more important? Beating Michigan or winning a national championship? That's that really is a hard question, I do think. Right. That's why that's what makes it interesting. Because yeah. it's so it, hard. I mean, your question was simply, has the game been diminished? Yeah, we, and now we change the question a little bit. You said it has not been diminished. No. Okay, so you're on the record. It has not been diminished. Not a chance. What's more important, beat Michigan or win a national championship? By a slim margin, I'd say the national championship because ultimately that's what programs are measured by. And, I mean, I'm going to make the the Alabama-Auburn comparison – Alabama wins a bunch of national championships. Every once in a while, they still lose to Auburn. Like, they lost in 2013. Like, Alabama cares about national championships. They also care about Auburn. I don't live there. We don't live there, obviously, so I can't get the gauge properly. But I'm sure Alabama fans would say the same thing, although they usually beat Auburn on the way to the national championships. I, I, think I don't think Alabama fans would say the same thing. And I also don't think Alabama-Auburn is quite Ohio State-Michigan. I think it's pretty close. I think it's pretty close. But nobody it. says. I mean, nobody says Auburn Alabama is the greatest rivalry in sports. Sure. No, it's close. Outside of Alabama, it's anyway. close. And there is something to the idea of the in-state war. And ESPN did a great thirty for thirty on it. It's one of my favorites about the Iron Bowl. Mm. All right. Tim says not diminished, but national championship more important than Michigan. Where are you on both those? I voted no on the poll. I, I don't think it's diminished, and I do think that beating Michigan is more important than winning a national championship. Um. I think more people probably think the way Tim thinks. 
Um, I do think there's. A, you think? What do you mean? More people? You think not, more than fifty percent? Not, not? No, 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 no. I think more people are starting to think the way that Tim thinks, maybe a little bit. Because I do think, like, I think there is something to the playoff era, and there's a lot of talk about it. I feel like the playoff kind of hangs over the season more so than like the BCS did. And maybe I have only been covering college football in the era of the playoffs. So you can tell me if you disagree with that. Um, so I do think there is a, a, maybe a larger percentage of people now who might value a national championship over beating Michigan. But I still think in general and largely beating Michigan is more important for Ohio state fans and the Ohio state program um, than winning a national championship. Here's my take. If the rivalry is diminished at all, and I think it might be from its peak, the reason it is diminished is because Michigan can't compete. It has nothing to do with the playoff. It has everything to do with Ohio State dominating this series. As David Anderson tweeted, he's a good tweeter at us, at D Anderson, D Anderso 13. If anything, it's been Michigan not holding up their end of the bargain. Let us imagine what would the conversation between Ohio State and Michigan fans be in a world where Ohio State is the national champion. It has won every game it played in a year, except one. It still managed to get in the playoff despite that loss. And then the Buckeyes went on and won the national championship. But the loss was to Michigan. You know what I would do if I was a Michigan fan? I would say, enjoy your ring. We kicked your ass. Mm -hmm. And I would wear that shirt if I were a Michigan fan. And you know what would happen? You know what happened? It would drive Ohio State fans crazy. The only reason that anybody would think that a national championship is more important than beating Michigan is because you have now taken the Michigan game for granted. And it's going to happen as I keep, I've been saying this. So I've been covering this team since 2005. I've never seen Ohio state lose this game in a year when they're Ohio state. Cause 2011 kind of doesn't count. I mean, it counts in the record books. I'm not like taking a thing away from Michigan, but every Ohio State fan knows that was a screwed up year that wasn't really Ohio State. And they still almost won. Pass, deep pass a little bit long for DeVere Posey. They still almost won. So if you think that it's diminished and you think that a national championship is more important, I will point you to the date in the future when Michigan beats a good Ohio State team and we can have this discussion again. And I would say you will not think that anymore. Because right now, the reason Ohio State can think about national championships is because the Michigan win is taken for granted. Now, the realistic thing, too, is 98% of the time, you're going to have to beat Michigan in order to win the national championship. So you don't have to separate them. You don't have to say, well, if you could win the national championship when you lose to Michigan, that's almost impossible. But, and I'll let you guys talk again, but I'm going to get to a secondary question because I did ask this question as part of this. Here was how I phrased the question. What if Michigan some year does what Penn State did last year? Michigan beats Ohio State and wins the Big Ten but misses the playoff, and Ohio State goes to the playoff. How would you feel? Here are the three choices for people. OSU in the playoff, all good. 
super pissed about the Michigan loss or somewhere in between it feels weird. That scenario would feel weird. It was close. What do you think the winning answer was? The last one? The weird one? Between, feels weird. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? I would – part of me honestly thinks that, like, we don't care. We're in the playoff. Wrong, wrong. Super pissed one. By what kind of margin? 38% super Ooh, pissed. Wow. 35% in between. Okay. 20%, 27% in the playoff all good. So it's kind of 33, 33, 33. But that's also two-thirds of the people not just saying, we're in the playoff. It's all good. Yeah. And that's on Twitter – which skews young. Yeah. Twitter true. skews younger than the world. Do your followers? Wow. <laughs> I try my ass off <laughs> to be as young and as hip I think as I hip. can be. I, I try to tweet about young Jeezy when I can. <laughs> little little pops. Little, uh, I don't know. I, I keep it fresh. Yeah. And that's what I get. I also <laughs> like to tweet about uh, One Direction a little bit too much for a middle-aged man. So <laughs> I see how it is. So even on my – but but uh, like if you if you pulled – let's like poll – I mean and obviously this is generational. Part of it is generational. But I also think that's a little bit of a snapshot. Yeah. So I can't remember what else I was going to say. I think Tim was raising his hand. What did you want to say? Well, I was going to go back to your alternate universe where Ohio State beats Michigan, loses to Michigan, but wins a national championship. I'm sure there would be Ohio State fans out there that would hear Michigan be like, you know, we beat you. They'll be like, sorry, I can't hear you. I got a national championship ring stuck in my ear. Oh, no, I think that would stick stick Ohio State fans. I don't think – like. But then you could also argue to Michigan fans, you guys – you guys – you couldn't – I don't you think so. If you had lost man. to a team not us, then you would have been in the same. Position. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think the ring trumps that. I think that they care too much. I think Ohio State fans care too much. That if a Michigan fan said, "Enjoy your ring, we beat you," I think that hurts. But, like it, like. But Nike is not printing out shirts that say "We beat Ohio State." They're printing out shirts. That no, say, no, but Jordan, Jordan will. And yeah, not uh, Nike. But what's yeah. the brand? There's the brand. There's the, there's the shirts that print out all the mean things about your rival all the time. That's a brand. Yeah. I don't know what brand know. it is. They have is like it, funky uh, fonts. Is it like? Is it? Any, it's not. It's not homage or fresh brew teas. I'm no. trying to think. No. Um, but it's just. I, I, I mean, of course. I mean, yes, 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 yes. Show you know, show them the ring. Yeah, but I think I think that would be a sticking point, and I don't know. I mean, it's again. That's a very unusual circumstance. But and even the fact like Penn State fans, if Ohio State would have won the national championship, and that's the thing, it wouldn't be the same. Like if Ohio State had won the national championship last year, and Penn State would have been like, "Yeah, but we beat you," Ohio State fans would be like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, because it's not a rivalry. Because like teams win, you know, when Alabama won the national championship the year they lost to Ole Miss or whatever. Like I don't know that Alabama, you know, Ole Miss wasn't like Alabama was like whatever, dude. But if it had been Auburn. It would be different mm-hmm. when it's your rival. So I think Michigan's – and here's – now I'm going to drill down on why I think Michigan is still the most important. So one thing is is that you can prepare for the Michigan game every year no matter what. That's a constant. The Big Ten championship is not a constant, and the national championship is not a constant. So it's not a known entity. The Michigan game is part of your experience, and it's a shared experience. If somebody – if Ezekiel Elliott's going to come back – 
and some year talk he's going to talk to the 2020 Buckeyes about man when we won the national championship in 2014 you guys know what I'm talking about and they're going to be like well, no we don't like maybe they you know what I mean but like yeah. but when you come back and you talk about Michigan everybody knows what you're talking about every single person who has ever put on an Ohio State helmet knows what the Michigan game is. They don't all know what the Rose Bowl is. They don't all know what the Big Ten Championship is. They don't all know what it's like to be the best team in the country. But they know that. It is a unifying bond. And yeah, they also know what it's like to play Minnesota and Indiana and Purdue, but nobody cares. So to have a constant that you care about that much makes it different. And the other thing is, I think we in the media feed the playoff, 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 playoff talk. But when you try to talk to Ohio State players about the playoff during Michigan week, they shut you down. And they say, we don't think about that right now. And like, of course, they still kind of think about it. But I also think it's not just what they're being told by their coaches. I think they really mean it because like, what is the point and that's the other thing yeah. too. Like in the, and, and so in this situation, this is not a situation this year where they could lose to Michigan and win the national championship. So it's like, oh, do you need? To, it's like, well, it doesn't. It's the same thing. You have to beat the your rival to get where you want to go, which is going to be true ninety five percent of the time. So ninety five percent of the time, it's part of your path to get to the thing, but it's on your path for sure. And the other thing might not be on your path. So how can the thing that might not be be more important than the thing that's for sure, even if the thing that might be is supposedly better? This is for sure. And most of the time it's a hurdle that, okay, now we're going to get to the next thing, but only because we won this game. So I just, it's like when you, I, I think it's presumptuous of us to think it's diminished. And I'll make another point. I'll make another 10-minute point five minutes from now. <laughs> you get you get a minute, you get a minute, and then I'll come back for 10 more. It's presumptuous, presumptuous of us to think that it's been diminished just because we like to write about the playoff and because you guys like to read about the playoff, yeah. you know? And so, like, you guys like to read about the playoff sort of more than you like to read about Michigan – but part of it's because you know Michigan, you know the Michigan game so well, and part of it's because you're pretty sure Ohio State's going to beat Michigan, and so it's the talk about it is kind of boring over the last 15 years, yeah. and that's Michigan's fault. So the buildup is kind of boring, but I think the game is. Is there any? And then I'll let you guys talk now. Is there any Ohio State fan out there that's going to say, you know what? They're a 12 point favorite. I don't think there's any way Ohio State's going to lose. I'm going to the mall. No. Like you might do if Ohio State was playing Minnesota as a 12-point favorite. Sure. And why? It's Michigan. Okay. I think and I think something that helps like hammer this point home a little bit is last year's Michigan game. It was number two versus number three. There were a lot of implications. The winner was – well, I guess the winner wasn't going to the Big Ten Championship. But Michigan could have gone to the Big Ten Championship. The winner was going to the playoff most likely. Um, but that didn't really, I felt like that didn't matter. It was like a season long build up to that game, not necessarily what came after that game. So I guess that just hammered like 
the playoff that was hanging over the rivalry, I don't, I, I didn't feel in any way superseded the game. It was just like we finally have a competitive Michigan team. I think Ohio State fans were a little scared that they might actually lose last year, even before it got crazy and they won a double overtime. Um, so I do, I do think it just like hammers home the point that it's been Michigan's fault. If there's anything diminished, it's been Michigan's fault because they largely haven't been competitive. But last year they were. And I've only covered now, this will be my fourth Michigan game, but last year's felt so different. Like the entire build up all year to that felt so different because Michigan was good and you knew that it wasn't a gimme for Ohio State. And it was it wasn't it wasn't exciting because it was like a playoff play in game. It was exciting because Ohio State and Michigan were both good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think the lack of comfort comes from the fact that like you ask you tell any Buckeye fan, like Man, I'm super confident. You know, like you said, we're a tw- Ohio State's a 12 point favorite, and then be like, "Yeah, I'm sure we were a 15 point favorite when Tim Biakabatuka ran for 300 plus yards, or when Charles Woodson had a pick six against Ohio State." They'll say those things, and especially 2013 is another one that sticks in the mind when Michigan ran about a, when Michigan ran about a thousand throwback screens in the game. I I don't I don't think I count. I may be off my count, but it felt like a thousand because it seemed like that was the only play that ran the entire game. But every, you can never feel comfortable because even though Ohio State has dominated this rivalry for the entire century, there have been those moments, those clo- those blown seasons in the '90s, those close calls in the Brady Hoke era for those couple of years when those games were closer than maybe they should have been. There's always those reminders that you can never take this game for granted, although. The win is all that matters. You you have to expect that it's going to be really close. Do you think – I'm just curious, and it's not to tell people how they should be a fan, I suppose, but the 28% or whatever it was that said Ohio State's in the playoff, I'm good. Like, are they wrong? On an uh, individual basis, is it okay to value getting in the playoff winning a championship over whatever oh, happens in the Michigan game? Oh, no, I think I, – I think, yeah, no, I think that's fine. Okay. I think that's fine. Um, and I just think it's like – it's one of those things like if if the Yankees lose the season series to the Red Sox, but the Yankees win the World Series, would they be mad about losing the season series to the Red Sox? No, they won the World Series. Like if if I'm trying to th- you know like I'm trying to think of other examples. It's it's unique. Yeah, I, I mean I think I don't know that there's mind. comparable yeah. to something that we could. I mean the only comparisons are other college football rivalries. But here's where I would say it's wrong. I don't think it's wrong to think that at all. I think it's fine. National championships are fun. The playoff is fun. I think the best thing in sports is to have your team have a chance to win it at the end. When most of the teams are done playing, I almost don't think winning a national championship or winning the World Series is the best thing. Playing in it is the best thing. That the whole world is looking at your team and talking about your team because there's nothing else going on. Now, win or lose, I mean, of course you'd rather win, but I think it's getting there is what's fun. The whole world is watching your team. So, of course, I get it. Enjoy that. Where I think that might be wrong is I think those people might be underestimating how actually pissed they would be mm-hmm. in that scenario and how brutal it would be to have Michigan fans doing the stuff that we were just talking about and that it would in some way not ruin, but it would – it's a fart in church, man. Like it would, <laughs> it would take away from the national championship because you would have the Michigan fans up your butt. And I think if you're voting, no, I'm all good, I think you are underestimating that reality that I think would be there. I'm not saying you're wrong to think it. I'm thinking – I'm just saying like if you truly would be able to let it go, that's great. I think that's fine. I'm saying that 28%, I don't think you would quite be able to let it go as much as you're claiming. 
Yeah, I think that's true. I think empathy in general is hard to come by, and especially hard to come by between Ohio State and Michigan fans. And I do think what's interesting about the scenario you pointed out, Doug, is that if anything, that would add a little more fire to the rivalry. You know, if Ohio State were to lose to Michigan but still win the national title, you have 10 months of that argument going back and forth and back and forth, and that would create such a fire within the fans that you'd almost – this I'm not saying this rivalry is dormant by any stretch of the imagination. Anybody that tells you that is lying, I think. But it's not necessarily as hot as it was. That's an, If that scenario ever happened, that would fire the whole thing up, and you'd have a crazy atmosphere 10 months later when they would meet again. I completely disagree. No, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I had to run out of the room to get a phone cord. Um, <clears throat> here's... Fast. I had my whole family on 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 duty looking for a phone cord. Here's something I, I also want to say. <clears throat> we are talking. We are. Some of this is comparing this to a time when the Ohio State faculty voted to not have Ohio State go to the Rose Bowl. You know, like it, it's it's such a different time. We're talking about a time when. The Big Ten champion went to the Rose Bowl and nobody else in the Big Ten went to a bowl. And the determining factor of who was going to go to the Rose Bowl was often Ohio State versus Michigan. You know, we're talking the era of the Big Two and the Little Eight. You know, like, and then we're also just, it's just part of this is the conversation of when everybody says, well, you know, you're never going to have a higher rating for a show than you had for the finale of MASH or whatever. And it's like, yeah, because there used to be three channels and now there's three million. <laughs> So there, there is a certain reality to this that, like, of course it's diminished from a time when if you lived in Ohio, the only game on, on on Saturday was the Ohio State game, and now there's a million games on. Like, of course. Of course it's not that. Of course there are more options and ev- because everything is diminished. But I think that conversation like isn't even worth having because yeah. everything's diminished because there are more options everywhere. So, you know, the local five and dime is diminished because you can buy stuff on Amazon. But that's not really what we're talking about. I, I don't think that conver- – like society has changed. So to say, well, back in 1954 or whatever, back in 1961 or whatever year you want to pick, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's – Let's agree to that point that the the larger the world gets, everything gets less important. Your favorite hamburger stand doesn't mean the same thing to you because now there's a hundred places to go out to eat within five miles of your house. There's not two. So part of this discussion, at least some small part of it, is that. But if that's the discussion we're having, that's just called progress. So like whatever, bro. I don't know. Like again, I, I like I want to make sure if like you want to bring up that point, it's a valid point. But it's yeah. so obvious that let's move past that. So I think what we want to talk about is sort of it, within the schedule that exists. I don't know. You know what we're talking about. I just want to acknowledge the obvious. But to me, that's not that's not what we're talking about. It's not necessarily comparing the Urban Meyer era to uh, the Woody Hayes era. I think it's, but I think it's you know we, let's talk about okay, we'll compare this to how you felt when 
John Cooper teams were losing to Michigan or, or how you felt when Jim Trestle was dominating Michigan and yet you know the national championship wasn't quite what it is now and there wasn't the playoff and there wasn't a Big Ten championship game. So um, yeah, I just I just think that that the my number one point and I wrote a big story about this a couple of years ago is just it is and and not only I don't even I, I probably wrote the story three years ago. It's not only that Ohio State has dominated this rivalry in the last 15 years or whatever it is. It's that Michigan dominated it before that. So we are basically 30 years removed from a competitive rivalry, from a rivalry where every year – now, within that time, there have been competitive games – 2013 was a far more competitive game than anybody thought it would be. Last Ohio year. State was clearly better. Two, last year and 2006 were two unbelievable games where both programs were really good. But the same team won won all those games. Mm-hmm. And before, Cooper was 2-10-1. It was 13 years where the same team won almost all the time. The era, what made the 10-year war great? Is that it was five, four, and one. Partly, that's part of what made it great. Is that year to year, so we're so far removed from every year that at the start of every year, saying who's going to win Ohio State, Michigan this year? I don't know. It's a coin flip. Now, sometimes the game itself becomes a coin flip, but for thirty years, you've known if you placed your bet at the beginning of the year, you've known who's going to win. For the first half of it, you were sure it was Michigan. And for the second half of it, you're sure it's Ohio State. And you know what? That is a really good way to kill a rivalry. Mm-hmm. The fact that this rivalry like isn't dead is practically a miracle. So if you want to talk diminished, I get there are things you can talk about. But I don't think it's the playoff era. And I think if and when we ever get back to a world where in a 10-year period this rivalry is 5-5, five and five, you will see again – what it's really all about and what it should be all about. And I think you might enhance it because you are going to be determining in that world who's going to the Big Ten championship game if both programs are good. You're going to be determining who's in the playoff. So you're not taken away from it. You are adding to the luster. Part of what added to the luster of Ohio State-Michigan is that so often was deciding who's going to go to the Rose Bowl. What if, it's a, what if it becomes a play-in game? For the playoff. That's not going to be, it's not going to be diminished because of the playoff. It's going to be greater because of the playoff. I think that world is out there. I think there will be a world where once again, this rivalry is in a 10 year period, five and five, and where those five wins and five losses for each team are going to be critically important to the national college football scene. And then come back and tell me if it's diminished. I mean, I agree with all that, so, and I'm not going to repeat everything you just said. I am curious, maybe, and if we don't want to have this conversation, I guess we don't have to. Like, just how how far away is that? Because I think there are Ohio State fans who think that Jim Harbaugh is not a good coach, and that all of the talk and the hype went upon around his arrival was undue, and that he'll never beat Urban Meyer, and he'll never get Michigan to be that program that is consistently competitive with Ohio State. And I think that's wrong. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Do you think that's wrong? I do. I think he's. I think they're having a down year, and like right now, their down year looks different than Ohio State's down year. 
They were a fourth down, one-inch spot away from beating Ohio State last year and going to the Big Ten Championship and probably the college football playoff. And if that play is marked differently, which is certainly possible, um, we're not having the, 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 the narrative, whatever, around Michigan is completely different than what it is now. We're not comparing Jim Harbaugh to Brady Hoke. We're not saying Harbaugh is overrated and he's a bad coach and hasn't ever won anything. Um, I do think he's the guy to turn it around. I think he recruits at a level that is competitive with Ohio State. I think he's a good game plan coach. I think he needs a quarterback and like another recruiting class. And and what you just talked about will come here sooner than people think. Tim, I agree. I mean, I look at Jim Harbaugh when he came in his first recruiting class. I call it a wash. He really it was low numbers. He didn't really have many quality guys. Last two years, he's picked it up. And a lot of the guys you'll see on this Michigan defense, guys like Devin Bush and David Long. Um, our guys he recruited in 2016 that are contributing right now in this defense. Also, almost forgot Rashawn Gary, mm. who was the number one player in the country, pretty much a consensus number one player in the country. But like you said, Bill, he just needs a quarterback, and this year has just been almost a nightmare for him. He, he's, he had his start at Wilmspey go down with a vertebrae injury in Purdue. He hasn't played since then. His backup, John O'Corn, has one touchdown pass all season. And the other guy, Brandon Peters, who looked like – Looks like the best of the three right now. He played well. In concussion protocol, he took a nasty hit against Wisconsin. Obviously, um, Apparently, according to Nick Baumgartner, the free press said he was actually knocked unconscious by the hit. Hmm. Flew home with the team in concussion protocol. But when he was in, he was good. Like they, He didn't put up gigantic numbers, but they moved the football. They put up 30 points, I think, in three consecutive games. If he can have a guy like that, combined with the kind of defensive guys Michigan has... After losing a defense, losing ten starters on defense, there will be a year, maybe next year, the year after, where Harbaugh, even this year, they can get him. I, I just, I feel like Ohio State fans are are jaded a little bit <coughs> when it comes to understanding what it takes to build a program, because you had the best or second best, depending on how you view it, coach in college football fall out of heaven. And inherited a team that had some decent talent, talent that was good enough to go twelve and zero. That's the big difference. Um, Harbaugh did not inherit that. Few coaches ever do. Nick Saban didn't inherit it. They lost like Louisiana Monroe his first year at Alabama. Um, but because of that, I think they're and because of that, and because it's their rival, of course, I think they're unwilling to like give Harbaugh a break and like let him build. Um, and I think it's mostly, I think it's mostly the quarterback. I wondered before this season whether or not Harbaugh's 2016 recruiting class, which I think was ranked fourth in the country, if I'm not mistaken, was going to be like Ohio State's 2013 recruiting class. And then in this season as sophomores, like surprise people and then like propel Michigan to something greater than what anyone thought was possible for them. And it just hasn't happened because of the crazy quarterback situation Tim laid out. I think there's probably been some misevaluation of guys. He has some transfers. Like, I don't – Jake Rudock was whatever a couple of years ago. Wilton Spate is, like, an average quarterback. John O'Corn is a bad quarterback, and he has to play this week. Um, so, if you want to knock Harbaugh for that, I think that's fair. But I think it is way too early to say that he can't build a program in Michigan. Do you think he's kind of been put in almost trying to make the best out of essentially an impossible situation? No. Not, not impossible. No, it's no, It's Michigan. Not. Yeah. Like it's, and the, but here's the thing. Most of the time at a great program – when a coach takes over, many times it's because the guy before him got fired. Yes. Because if you're at a great program, it's not a not super often that there was a really good coach who left. Like Oregon was, like Chip Kelly moved on and Mark Helfrich stepped in and yeah. took him to a national title game. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. 
Nick Saban, when he went to Alabama, he didn't take over because the guy before him was so good he left. Urban Meyer came into it. That's not why Urban Meyer came to Ohio State. It's not because Ohio State was bad. Ohio State was in turmoil. They, and they had a bad year, not because they had bad players. It's because everything went nuts. He stepped into a team. He won a national championship in year three with some guys, very key guys who were brought in by Jim Tressel. He went 12-0 and in year one because he had Braxton Miller. Guess who Jim Harbaugh didn't inherit? Yeah. Braxton Miller. So, as you said, Urban Meyer's situation was a very rare situation in the way a great coach comes into a great program. Jim Harbaugh's was a more typical situation. And so I think to, to think that he's not going to get it done, I think is foolhardy. Now, here's the second question, and we'll get to uh, – there's another question in here I want to work in from one of the uh, tweeters. You say, like, when's it going to happen? I would have said, if you would have said, will the next Ohio State coach be as good as Jim Tressel? When Jim Tressel's done, will the next coach be as good as him? I would have said, you know what? No, probably not. Like, you can't guarantee it. I mean, this guy won a national title. He went to two of the national title games. He's dominated the conference, dominated Michigan. You can't count on that. Now, of course, that would have been wrong. Mm -hmm. Urban's better. Will the next Ohio State coach be as good as Urban Meyer? No. It's almost impossible to be. Okay. So then, guess what will increase? Michigan's chances of winning. So, like, again, this is not great scientific breakdown. This is peak Ohio State. This is a national championship, one of the... Where's Urban, for real, on the rank of all-time college football coaches? Which we'll also save for off-season podcasts. Two? Three? I mean, all-time? Four? Top ten, at least. And certainly... Maybe significantly higher. Yeah. I'd put him in that tier with Saban, Bear Bryant, and Tom Osborne, definitely okay. within that top tier. So guess what happened at Nebraska after Tom Osborne <laughs> left <laughs> and at Alabama after Bear Bryant left? Like, and I know Gene Stallings won a national championship, you know, like, but it wasn't as good. So there's going to be a time when it's not as good. And then, then maybe we'll see. Now, it might not happen with Urban. No matter how good Harbaugh is, I don't know. Like, I completely agree with everything you said about Harbaugh. Who knows with Urban? Guy's a monster. I don't know. But it's going to happen. And, like, in your lifetime, person listening to this, it's going to happen where maybe even Michigan will just be better than Ohio State for a stretch consistently. But at least where they're more competitive than this. So, like, we will see that world. But... But I don't know. I don't know that – I mean, that's the thing. This Last year was a good Harbaugh team, and you saw what happened. It was a good Ohio State team, not a great Ohio State team. Good, not great Ohio State team, and a really good Michigan team. And they were basically equal. Yep. So this year you have a probably a like a little better Ohio State team. Yeah. And a not as good Michigan team. So Ohio State will probably win. Next year, I don't know what that's going to look like. Like 2018, if I just sit here right now and guess, who's going to be better in 2018? I don't know. If Michigan has a quarterback, if it's Brandon Peters or Dylan McCaffrey who's redshirting right now, and they have a real guy, like a playmaker, and they still have – don't they have most of these defenders coming back? Yeah. I mean, Gary Gary will be back. Hurst won't be back, but Devin Bush will be back. Gary's back. Bush is back. Um, I believe Kalik Hudson, who I'll write about on Thanksgiving, is back as well. He's filled that Jabril Peppers role. He's a guy I have a lot of – 
curiosity about him. I'm eager to really dig into the film because the numbers are amazing with him, but a lot of young guys on that defense. And Ohio State's going to miss some dudes. Miss Jamarco and Billy Joe or Billy Price. They're going to miss like Mike Weber, I think might go. You're going to miss JT. You're going to miss Tyquan Lewis, Jalen Holmes, Sam Hubbard, Jerome Baker, Denzel Ward, Chris Worley, Chris Worley. So, Right? I mean, I don't know. Michigan might be better next year than Ohio State. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be okay. Well, like, Urban's won six in a row. Okay, it's time for Michigan to win one. But, but like, if we're saying, like, when will that start? It might start next year. Next year, two, 2018 to 2027 might be 5-5. That could happen. Yeah, could. So, uh, somebody – so, I want to get to this next question. And if I can't find the tweet, I'll just ask it. Um, but we have some really good questions. We had some excellent food questions that we'll get to. Uh, it's an Urban Harbaugh question, and I don't know. Okay, G Nilly, of course, it was G Nilly, yeah. one of our producers. G Nilly ninety seven, who has Eric Davis as his avatar. Who coaches their current team longer? Oh yeah, that was a good question. And so, so did you see the stuff about the lifetime contract? No. So Brady Quinn, I saw. So Brady Quinn was on a radio show, and I don't know which radio show, and said that he had talked to a quote like Michigan insider that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh are in talks for a lifetime contract. I have no idea what that means. He had no other details than that, but lifetime contract is absurd. So that makes me just say Jim Harbaugh. Who's lifetime? Jim Harbaugh's lifetime or the lifetime of Michigan University? University of Michigan. As I'm a, assuming Jim Har- they expect Michigan to outlive Jim Harbaugh. Okay. And, and so wait, in 100 years, are we going to have the ghost of Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines still wearing like yeah. his glasses yeah. and khakis? Weekend at Bernie Harbaugh yeah. coaching yeah. against Ohio State. So like, okay, well, like, why does that not make – I mean, so you think that you think that's crazy because just, lifetime contracts are crazy or because you don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to end his career at Michigan? The first one, I just don't, I have no idea what a lifetime contract might be, like how what's what's it structured like. Okay, so that's that's <laughs> yeah. Is it like LeBron's uh, lifetime contract with Nike where he's going to get Nike yeah, money except you're, until he's, he's like 85 years old? He's guaranteed to deliver on that though. It's like Jim Harbaugh's a lifetime contract and he goes Oh, in twelve back-to-back years, just because he doesn't care anymore because he got a lifetime contract. And it's like, sorry, well, that'd guys. be great. Yeah, like work your butt off, be really good. Lifetime contract, pack it in. So, like a billion-dollar buyout. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You know how you buy that contract? By the way, that's what would make me worried about a lifetime contract. You know what the buyout is in a lifetime contract? Death, murder, yeah. <laughs> straight up cold-blooded murder. Jim, you've left us with no other choice. Three and nine, three straight years. We're sorry. Throw him into the pit of misery. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like that's okay. I I can picture a Game of Thrones thing happening. So let's so okay. So let's ask this then. All right. Well, I, I was going to ask a secondary question, but did I can't. We, remember well, what I think we can. Did like, we, I, I don't think he's actually going to get a lifetime contract. I think that is really absurd. Okay, so, so we can actually answer that question. So who? Who stays longer? Who is more? Let me explain. Who is more likely to never have another head coaching job? I, Ooh, I, I think, think it's a tough question to answer. I think Urban, because I feel like Jim Harbaugh is the kind of coach who would have no problem if he wanted to to go back to the NFL 
I feel like Urban probably would never be a pro coach. I just don't feel like what he does meshes with the way the NFL works. I feel like, in a way, I don't expect him to be at Ohio State for like 15 years, but I feel like this could be like kind of an end-of-the-road job. Like, you know, he's here for about seven, eight to ten more years, and he decides, this is it. This is going to be my last rodeo. This is my last job. I'm out when I I'm out when I decide I want to retire. Whereas Harbaugh, I could see the NFL always kind of piquing his interest, and there will be a team that will pay him absurd money to bring him back to the pros. I think that Urban could coach in the NFL. I think he'd be intrigued by the challenge of coaching in the NFL, and I do think he would work as an NFL head coach. I think he's a, he's become enough of a CEO and delegator that he could be an NFL head coach. Um. He's never going to coach anywhere else in college. What about Notre Dame? Mm, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, after Ohio State, what I if, can certainly see a Notre Dame to Ohio State move for him in an alternate universe. But the what if Ohio around. State? What if he just has Ohio State rolling? He's they're just great. Ohio State's great. Like they don't win the national championship every year, but there are two great teams in college football, and Alabama's one, and Ohio State's another. And he feels like. Somebody else could come in and keep it rolling, and Notre Dame's in trouble. I, I think no. Okay. I would. You think there's a chance that could happen? I don't know. I, it's an interesting I question. I don't know. It's that, a really interesting question. I mean, it's one of those things, that, and, and it's hard. I mean, Ohio State's his boyhood team, but he clearly has a very strong faith and a very strong his, – his Catholicism matters to him. Notre Dame as an institution matters to him. And I'm always curious it was why it was so interesting and why I always thought that Jim Harbaugh would come back. Because I think the strongest draw for people like that is not when the place that you love is going great. It's when the place – and maybe there's multiple things is the point. When a place you love says, we need you and you're the only one who can save us. I'm always intrigued by that. I feel like that's where Michigan was. And that's why I always said, like, when people said, he's not coming back, he's coming back, he's not going to come back, he's staying in the NFL. I said, if you go to Jim Harbaugh and say, Bo needs you. Michigan needs you. No one else can do it. Jim, please come save us. Now, there's not... And in every person's life, I mean, I think a lot of us have situations like that that are somewhat comparable, that there were things that come up. Maybe you don't plan on doing it, but it's the right situation, the right people, the right place, and there's a desperation. And you feel an obligation to go try to help somewhere you care about. I don't think it would happen. I don't think it would happen. But I'm just curious about like if Urban Meyer would care so much. And I think it's possible to care that much about two places. And I think Urban Meyer might care that much about two places. If Notre Dame ever – and they're not in the – they're not in that situation now. So it wouldn't be right now. I just wonder about that. But I also okay. think I probably agree with the idea that the greatest possibility for Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan is the NFL, whereas the greatest possibility for Urban Meyer leaving Ohio State is retirement. Yeah. Plus, I don't. Plus, who knows? In my alternate universe, in five years from now, PJ Fleck is rowing the boat in Notre Dame, and that job's not open for Urban Meyer. And it'd be going to be no boat rowing at Notre Dame. I thought Dame. Jeff Brom was going to be at Notre Dame. I think I thought he was your boy. Jeff Brom's going to the SEC in like two years. That boat ain't rowing anywhere other than Minneapolis. 
It's gonna be it's, the lake's gonna freeze and he's gonna be yeah. stuck out there. Yeah. Which one? There's shouting bromides into the wind. <laughs> Which lake? There's ten thousand in Minnesota. Know. I don't know. He's gonna get his but he's gonna row across every single one of them, going seven and five in all ten thousand. Um, so what you? What's your answer? My answer to that. <sighs> okay, is, so now the we're so now drilling down on the actual genially question. Yeah. Who coaches at their current school longer? I think Harbaugh. You think Harbaugh will be at Michigan longer than Urban Myers at Ohio State from this day forward? I'm not sure how much longer Urban's going to be at Ohio State. I like it's. I don't. Is it your original theory, the yes. Nate Meyer theory? It is my original. theory. I like that the Nate Meyer theory that Urban wanted to see his son through high school in Columbus. Nate graduates this year. He's going to go play baseball at Cincinnati. That I don't like. I think Urban's going to be the head coach next year. Um, I don't think he's going to be the head coach in five years. And you do think Harbaugh? And I will think be? Harbaugh might. Yeah. What do you think Urban's going to be doing in five years? Sitting on a beach somewhere. Okay. Tim, what's and so what's your vote? So you he Bill votes Harbaugh. What do you vote? I'm voting Urban. I I feel like at some point Harbaugh will get Ohio State. He'll win his national championship, and they'll be like, okay. You I think Harbaugh's going to win a national championship at Michigan? I think there's always that that realm possibility. If he recruits the way he has, you know, say he puts together like three consecutive top ten classes, he finally gets his quarterback. There's always that ability that one year to get Ohio State, and usually that'll be enough to get you in the playoff, and with the way they recruit on defense to get a national championship. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm saying there's always that possibility. And then if, if that happens... 50 teams win a national championship. Bo doesn't have a national championship. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah that's weird. It is weird. And then at that point, Harbaugh can be like, I did my job. I saved Michigan football. I'm going back to the NFL, everybody. I do think, and again, along the theory of Jim, please come save us, I do think there's something of, just like I was saying with, with Urban, if he felt Ohio State was in a good spot, I think if Harbaugh feels like he's righted the ship and then there's somebody next, and I don't know, you know, like, I don't even know who his know. protege would be that's like Willie Taggart's probably not going to come to Michigan because Willie Taggart's going to be have a better job than Michigan by then. Um, or who the next Michigan person would be in the pipe, I, I don't know who it is. But that I, I do think it would be different. I ca- I got the ship righted. Michigan's okay now. I can go. I can leave. It's okay for me to to leave if I want to. Now maybe he doesn't want to. But I think the obligation would have been lessened because you would have done what you set out to do, which is restore the place you love to its rightful place. Um, I will vote Urban because I do think. The NFL is a stronger possibility for Harbaugh than it is for Urban. I have never ruled out the NFL for Urban. I am never ruling it out 100%. Whenever I say that, some people tell me like they don't think that that's what Shelley would want to do necessarily. Um, and, and obviously your family life matters. And it's like we all – I always said the theory like Bill said about Nate when he's out of high school. They always said they didn't want to move the kids in high school. Um, but now Nikki's here with the baby. Mm. You know? So he's here for 18 more years. Yeah. So okay. yes, until the grandchild. So I don't know, but of course, but I mean like, you know, I don't know. I mean, if they're, they're Nikki and is married to Corey Dennis, who's a staffer on the team. I mean, they're, they're independent adults. They can do whatever they want. Also, I mean, if, if urban were to leave, Corey Dennis would have a job at Ohio state or yeah. Or Corey Dennis would have a job with the Dallas Cowboys. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. they, if they wanted to do that. Yeah. yeah. So it would be fine. But I, I always, I keep saying like, it would just take, it would be, it would require the perfect thing, and like I don't think that he would ever go be the head coach of like 
the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. But I think he'd be the Cowboys coach. He looks good in white. <laughs> like, Do you think he would wear that the navy blue of the Dallas Cowboys, though? After He would wear a white windbreaker every game. Yeah. And he can, yeah. Yeah, he can cover up the blue with the $10 million a year we make him. The idea of the Urban Meyer success plan is interesting because, I mean, if if we kind of think the same thing as Harbaugh, Urban could think if he has his hand-picked successor, whether it's like Tom Herman or Matt Campbell or Alex Grinch or somebody – that they you love Alex Grinch, man. Ride that. He was, even does it, Urban Meyer know who Alex yeah, Grinch is? He's a Royals Award semifinalist. I will say that right now. Royals Award is a fraud. But anyway, oh, Grove City native. I told you that. Grove no, City. I know, I know. He's Washington yeah. State defensive coordinator that Tim has targeted to replace Greg Schiano, which might happen. Apparently, be the head coach at Ohio State next year. Well, I mean, okay, but, I, okay, is, but I'm going to interrupt you. Okay, finish your thought. Then I'm going to well, throw out a scenario. Well, I'm not saying next year or five years. I'm saying know, 10 I'm years from now. Say, say, like, Herman is Texas into a powerhouse or Matt Campbell's the next big thing or Alex Grinch is the next Tom Herman or whatever. He's going to have – if he's the CEO he thinks he has, he maybe already has a succession plan, at least in his head a little bit, of like, when he wants to do this. I don't think he's going to be a guy who in 20 years is recruiting JT Barrett's son – to come play quarterback at Ohio State in 2038 or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen. But he's a guy who I think if he – it's either Ohio State or like he'll be at the point where he's like, I'm done with this. I've done all I need to do. Now's the time to just enjoy family life. Oh, I don't that, think he'd meddle in that hypothetical situation. Oh, I don't think he'd be hanging around. No. I don't think he'd want to be the head coach who was like – part of the previous coach meddling in finding his yeah. successor. So I don't think he'd do that whenever his time to leave comes. Okay, so here's let me let me throw this out and then we'll move on to a new topic. Uh percent chance of this scenario, if it presented itself, if this scenario presented itself, percent chance that it would happen. Cowboys have a bad year, they have talent, so they decide we can get a better head coach than Jason Garrett. Jerry Jones basically says to Urban Meyer, blank check. Run the organization, pick your GM, blank check. Urban Meyer tells Ohio State, give it to Greg Schiano. He's your next Ohio State head coach. I'm going to go try this. Hmm. <laughs> you don't have to put a percentage chance on Like That's a very specific weird thing. But like, does that sound ludicrous to you? No. I was getting ready to throw a pretty like decent sized percentage on that. I mean, like that's the thing that I keep like that. Like Urban, walk in, get these guys to listen to you, and you have a Super Bowl team on your hands. With yeah, with like a good Urban Meyer offense, whatever that might look like in the NFL quarterback. Yep. And his guy. And his and Yeah. And Zeke. I mean, like, which is like, which is not like he's going to chase Zeke to the NFL, but it's 1% more reason to go. I think, yeah, I think that is that specific scenario, if like everything were to fall in place, I think that'd be a very hard opportunity for him to turn down. Like, and, and the idea of like, I'm leaving it in good hands. Mm-hmm. I'm not abandoning Ohio State. Ohio State fans aren't going to say, how could you do this to us? The recruiting is rolling. And the thing that you're leaving for is a unique, special opportunity. 
And we've and and when I've asked Urban about the NFL before, he said like it was he always tells the story of there was something way, way back in the day, and Shelly said no. And so he was like, Okay, that's it, then I'm not even thinking about it. But that was a long time ago, and that kept him in college. But now, like it's just a whole new world of your <laughs> empty nesters and your lives are your own. And the Cowboys are different. The cow like the Cowboys are like if a, a Entity of its own in the NFL. And, like, it's a family decision. But, like, wouldn't you, like, Shelly, like, we'll get you a cowboy hat and, like, you can sit, like, it's going to be fun. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then we'll retire. And maybe we were going to retire in four years anyway. But let's take one last shot to see what happens. It's probably not going to completely bomb. But if it would completely bomb, then we'd just be done. Like we've done what we wanted to do here. That's why, like, and I, I have like that's like that's like no inside information. I'm just saying, like, if you think it would be impossible for Urban Meyer to ever leave for the NFL, that's what I present you with. I'm not as high on a percentage as Bill is because I feel like if Urban wants to leave, he would want to go out on top. Like you don't go out as like a two-loss team that loses in the playoff in the first in the semifinal for the second year in a row and then just go to the NFL. I think if he's going to leave for anything, particularly the NFL, he's like is the national champion. Ohio State goes like 15 and 0 wins a national championship. He literally cannot do anything else at the college level. And like you said, like you said Doug, that one last ride, but I don't think that happens unless he has one more title. Hard disagree. He's already I just, he's, like I don't. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna wait. Like you, I, I mean, like time waits for no man. Like you got to go on the unless when you have a shot. Unless he's chasing Saban like LeBron's chasing Jordan. I mean, which I don't know. Maybe like it's you possible. want. I don't know. Has I mean, to have egos. Although, but do you, winning so, three championships in college football then going to the NFL and winning Super Bowl like might top Saban. Would top Saban. But if and that is the one thing. So, but Tim, Tim, do you think if he won another title here? That he then may, might look for NFL jobs or would just be op- more open to it? I think he'd be more open to it. because, But he wouldn't necessarily say, you know what? I did all I can do here. Let's go get me the best NFL job opening there is. And if it's the Tennessee Titans, I'll take the Tennessee Titans. I think so because when – You think he would do that? I think he would consider those possibilities more because – correct me if I'm wrong. If he wins another national title, would he be the only coach to ever win multiple national titles in multiple schools? Because I think I Sa- Saban only got one, I believe, at LSU. Right. Mm-hmm. And other than that, nothing, no name really sticks out in my mind. If some, if I'm wrong, someone feel free to tweet think, at me and correct I think me. That's right. I mean, when you do that, that's the ultimate. Multiple titles and multiple schools. Like, what else could you possibly accomplish that could top that? Win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's probably true too, Jimmy. I mean, the only other, the only um, realistic connection between that, like success at college and the pro level, is Jimmy Johnson won the title. Carroll won. That's true. That's true. They do have a Super Bowl, but I mean, Jimmy Johnson got and his Jim Harbaugh. He, well, he didn't win a Super Bowl. He got there. He got there, but I mean, that, but listen, the, it's a fallacy. The fallacy of like college coaches not succeeding in the. I mean, it's not true. It's like a lot of people don't succeed in the NFL. Yeah. That used to be a thing. It's not a thing. I agree. I mean, like, like Chip, and that's the thing. People don't make it in the NFL when they like Chip Kelly's not a bad NFL coach. He just tried to have all the power mm-hmm. in personnel. I don't. But I don't. It's like. Like Steve Spurrier didn't make it. Okay, I get it. Bobby Petrino didn't make it, but like other people do. Yeah, 
I think it seems like it's about knowing your limitations as a coach. Does Urban Meyer think he has any limitations? No. Or does no. Meyer think I thinks you think do you think Urban Meyer would think to himself, I can't do it? Well, I mean, there's been examples in college uh, college guys going to the NFL that, you know, try and do too much as opposed to just like, you know, being the coach. I think that's part of the key to success. I I don't feel like Jim Harbaugh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, he did have some power in the front office, but he was the coach and he got he got things done with the guys that were given to him and he took them all the way to the Super Bowl and NFC Championship game the following year. I don't think he the whole thing was the reason why he left was just so Okay. All right, I'm cutting you off. We're like off the rails now. Now we're off the rails of like Jim Harbaugh NFL stuff of let's get back to Ohio State, Michigan. Uh stuff we actually know about. Because we're just speculating about things. We don't really know what's in Urban Meyer's head. Nobody does. It's fun though. Ryan Sullivan at Sully five three five one. What's the coolest thing related to the game? And what's the dumbest? And he says, for example, crossing out the letter M. I don't know if he he has that after the dumbest. So I don't know if he's – his question is exactly this, Ryan Sullivan at Sully5351. What's coolest game-related thing? What's dumbest? For example, crossing out the letter M. I don't know if he means crossing out the M is an example of the dumbest or if he's asking the two things and then saying that it is an example of a thing that I'm referring to. Because me, I actually like the crossing out of the so M's. So do I. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's, it's a lot like I respect attention to detail. And again, as Tim mentioned, I went around campus for a couple hours the other day. The tiniest little M's that are X'd out. Like, if you're going to go hard, go hard. And like, it is everywhere. I think it's crazy. But like, I found like a newfound appreciation for that part of it. By walking around and realizing how comprehensive that is. Shout out to the people who do it. They even did that to the back of a semi-truck, too. It's not yeah. just signs. Yeah. It was a semi-truck we saw outside the stadium that they crossed out the M's of. All right. Keep this tight, Tim Bielek. But you actually have been a Mirror Lake jumper in the past when you were an undergrad at Ohio State. What did you think of that tradition, which now is no longer a tradition? I thought it was really unique. I mean, how often do you see people jump in the water in like 30, 40 degrees? Every January, polar bear plunge. Well, I mean. <laughs> I liked it. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm talking vast minorities here. I mean, this is a like the party scene in Ohio State. I was telling Doug the story earlier. I've seen people in inflatable rafts rowing across Mirror Lake. And if you had done this, it was a, like something you'll tell people for the rest of your life. It's. It feels awful when you jump in the water and then you jump out and run just to get refuge. But it's something you'll be able to tell everybody that you did. I really liked Mirror Lake. I thought it was a cool thing. I guess I understand like why it's not happening anymore. Um, obviously, the tragic passing of a, of a student uh, the last time they did it. And I think they're tearing up the lake now. But I went down. I've probably been down for it four or five times. I specifically remember, and I was telling Tim this, in 2008, Terrell Pryor's freshman year, like sometimes the players would go out and see what's up. Um, and I remember being there and seeing Terrell Pryor standing there like wrapped in like a parka <laughs> as it was snowing and him just like looking on this and like, what is wrong with these people? And it was like, yeah, like they're jumping in the lake because of the game you're going to play in a couple days. And like, I just thought that was cool. Yeah, that's cool. All right. What's dumb? Saw. Is there anything that's dumb? I think team up North is dumb. Yeah. It's like the only thing I think is dumb. I think the, the crossing out the M's is cool. 
I like like walking around the woody and like during spring ball and like seeing random tackling dummies with Michigan stuff on them, and then showing up this week and seeing guys wearing winged helmets and blue and gold or whatever maize and blue jerseys for scout team. It's completely different from other scout team stuff they do. Um, but I yeah, a team up north to me, I think it just like it sounds silly. It's it's like petty, I think a little bit. Um, and like the other side doesn't participate in it. And I don't even think every Ohio State coach who's been here has participated in it either, right? Yeah. There have been coaches in the past that have said Michigan. Yeah, wasn't that a Woody Hayes thing that said that team up north? Because I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, I get why you do it, and I know I know, especially why Urban does it, because he, he follows everything in the tradition to a T, but it just seems a little silly to me. And from the other side, what are your thoughts the, on the Beat Ohio thing that Brady Hoke brought back in 2011? When stupid. He, yeah. I think all the name stuff is stupid. Because I remember the jokes of, like, you know, when he brought that, I'm like, wait, you're when are you playing the Bobcats again? Because the, it's a, Ohio State fans are quick to bring up. Yeah, there's a distinction between Ohio and Ohio State, and we're not talking Bobcats here. Yeah, it was. I think that's stupid. Uh, I also don't like the the whole like, um, uh, like whenever they get on normal people about wearing blue in the facility. Like oh, it's been yeah. a joke before. Like the announcers come in like to talk to players the week of the game and like they make the announcers change out of their blue shirts and stuff. Like, I think that's stupid. Yeah. Um, and I did get in a, not a fight, but I can't remember what year it was, but we were talking to Ezekiel Elliott after the game before the Michigan game. And I asked him a question about Michigan and he said, you said Michigan. I'm not like, and he refused to answer my question because I was using the word Michigan in the question. And, like, wanted me to, like, rephrase it to say Team Up North. And I said, like, I can say whatever I want. And I asked him the question again. And, like, he wouldn't answer it. So I left. I remember that. You said I'm not a Buckeye. Yeah. Yeah. So I left. Yeah. That's a good story. It was – I think it was – was, Michigan, 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 Michigan. It was a, po- it was a post game. Post game. It must have been 2014. We're unbiased journalists. We can say the word. Mm-hmm. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Michigan. Michigan State's fine. Why is it Michigan? Yeah. All right. This is uh, here's a here's a double Chris McCormick question. We're kind of delved in this a little bit, so let's be quick and then get to the second part. At Crease twenty three, if Ohio State wins, how much does this diminish the rivalry? Can we even say it's the best rivalry in sport anymore? We've covered this, but like, to what degree do you guys think? I think I've made my. What degree do you think it diminishes? when Ohio State has dominated so much? Like, is it could this ever actually get to the point where it's truly not as good because it's so dominant? Or, like, have we already gotten to that point? Or just what's your final overall take on Ohio State dominating to this degree? I don't think we've gotten there yet. Um, and I don't think this year plays a major part. I think Michigan is rebuilding, and people need to be realistic about that. If next year... I don't think Michigan has to win next year. I think Michigan needs to show you something that will tell you it will be competitive moving forward. And if, it, if that is a non-competitive game next year, then I think maybe some of that stuff comes into play. I think as long as the two programs, you know, they have that ingrained in their personalities as programs that this is the game you focus on the entire year, I don't think that goes away anytime soon. I don't think any particular Ohio State win would diminish that rivalry because it's so ingrained into the cultures of the two schools. And the one thing is, too, like if – Harbaugh at the moment, like if they're not winning the Michigan game, like they're still like good solid. This is not Rich Rod Brady Hoke territory. And I know that people are comparing Brady Hoke's record after three years to Harbaugh's after three years. But Brady Hoke got bad at the end and Rich Rod was a disaster the whole time. Like when you're playing Michigan and Michigan's like three and eight coming into the game, that really stinks. Yeah. 
So like there were a couple games in there. Trestle versus Richrod, where it was just like this is like this this does. I mean, you still ask questions about gold pants and whatever, all that kind of stuff. But it's like when it came down to the game, it was like analyzing Ohio State Indiana. It's like, oh, what's gonna happen? It's like, I don't know, they're free well, they're three and eight. What do you think's gonna happen? Yeah. Ohio State's gonna kick their butt, and then they did. It's like, woo, that was exciting. So like if it got to that point, that's the one thing. Like Ohio State's, you know, they've won, but there was you know, 2006 was great. Those were two good teams. Last year was two good teams. You know, like if Harbaugh can have a good – it's different if Michigan's good and not beating Ohio State and then when actually like Michigan's in the toilet. Mm. When Michigan stinks, I know Ohio State fans like winning the game. When Michigan stinks, that's awful. That is awful. Yeah. You do not want to live in a world where Michigan goes 3-9 and nine for 10 straight years. That's when you would see it. Yeah. Agreed. His second question is, are appetizers appropriate at Thanksgiving? Uh, I guess it depends on what you classify as an appetizer. Like, we'll have like a cheese and pepperoni tray out before Thanksgiving dinner, but we're not eating like mozzarella sticks. So How, is that, Do you try to limit – do you consciously limit yourself on the cheese and pepperoni because you oh don't no. want to fill up? No, no I just yeah, – Can yeah. you go hard on the apps and go hard at the dinner? You know what? I usually don't really go hard on Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe that's why. It's also because we go to my uncle's house and he lives an hour from my house. And I don't want to drive an hour through oh. Philadelphia traffic with a stomach full of turkey. Do you have apps, Tim? No. we've honestly, I've honestly never had Thanksgiving apps. I didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, it depends. I think it depends if like you're going somewhere where there's a lot of people coming. Mm-hmm. We have no one coming. But my wife has taken app requests. And the only two app requests from my children and from me are both... Bacon wrapped. Yep. Bacon wrapped breadsticks. You should just see how high. Bill's eyebrows are so high, they're up into his hairline. And I specifically asked for bacon wrapped water chestnuts. I don't like water chestnuts. That's why you wrap bacon around them. Yeah, that's just bacon. <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no taste to a water chestnut. It's just a little crunch. I don't like the te- I don't like being surprised by the texture, like when I'm eating a salad. Oh, you don't like a hard crunch in a salad? No. I feel like that's a whole thing. I love a hard crunch in a salad. I so do I, but I like it in the form of croutons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. But this is the cru- – I don't even know what a water chestnut is. Is it a vegetable or is it just a big thing of starch? Yeah, I think it's like part plastic. It can't be a vegetable. That can't be a vegetable. I'll There's no up. vegetative – it's just starch. It's like a potato. But is a potato a vegetable? It's not really, right? It's a starch. I don't know. You're you can't just eat potatoes and pretend you're eating a vegetable. If someone said, hey, you need to eat a vegetable with that, you can't say, well, I ate a potato. It's a grass-like sedge native to Asia, Australia, tropical Africa, and various islands on the Pacific and Indian Oceans. What's a sedge? I'm going to go to that page now, too. <laughs> and down the rabbit hole we go. It just says it's grass. It's grass? Yeah. Well, then, then it's the, the question becomes, is grass a vegetable? No, well, the only person. Well, the only person I know who's ever eaten grass is Les Miles, so we'd have to ask him. We would ask that. Yeah, I think grass. Astroturf is not a vegetable, but grass is. I, I think it's a vegetable. Now he's making another face. All right, try bacon wrapped water chestnuts. They're really good. Oh wait, isn't it? Isn't the water chestnut is not a nut at all, but an aquatic vegetable that grows in marshes? All right, so that's your vegetable for the day. Anytime you can wrap a vegetable in bacon, you're ahead of the game. Yeah. I think anytime you can wrap almost anything in bacon is a good day. 
So everyone's invited to the Lane Reese household for bacon-wrapped appetizers. So, yes, your question is, what should the appetizers be? Anything wrapped in bacon is your appropriate appetizer on Thanksgiving. Seconded. Eric Bronstein, E. Bronstein. What would sting more, Ohio State missing the playoff this year due to the inexplicable loss at Iowa or missing the playoff in 2015 due to the Michigan State loss? 15. That was the best team in the country. Yeah, that was a loss. I don't think you could like can excuse under any circumstance. I mean, if that team was the defending national champion, had most of those guys back, and just wasn't itself all season, and then it just cost them with that, that loss that just ended the season that early. They had a mini dynasty in the palm of their hands, and they threw it away. Mm-hmm. People would talk about that team, and by team meaning those two years, that collection of players – People would talk about that team as among the greatest collection of players in college football history. And they they don't. You can't. What, you won one title? Whoop-de-doo. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. And they lost to backup quarterbacks. They Man. threw it away. Threw it away. And I know, like, 98 Michigan State loss. Was it 98? 98, right? When they had the best team in the country and, and Nick Saban got them unexpectedly? I believe so, yeah. I, I think that hurts. I know it's – but that's what it's like. I mean, like, you don't ever get over that. Nothing compares to that. And it's not the loss. It's not the loss. It's it's how good the team was that was denied something. That's how good that team was. That's how good 2000, 2015 was. And they threw it away with a unnecessary quarterback controversy that was mishandled. And on a, with a night of terrible play calling in their home stadium, and Ohio State will never get over that until because you know how you get over it. You got to win back to back. Your next national championship doesn't get over that. Call me when Ohio State wins back to back national championships. I'll be sitting here. And then twenty thirty seven and thirty eight when they win back to back national championships. That's when you'll be over the two thousand fifteen Michigan State loss because that's what was thrown away that night. In Ohio Stadium. James at James Octavius. Opinions on fried turkey. I pulled this as well. Let me get the poll out. James had it once and thought it was delicious. What are our fried turkey opinions? Um, I've never had it. I'm for it. Defrost it or you'll burn your house down. Say it again. Defrost it? Defrost the turkey. Because if you throw a frozen turkey into a hot vat of oil... You will regret it for the rest of your life. Do you have a story about this? No, I just watch videos of it on YouTube. Oh, for real? There yeah. are videos of it? Yeah. Can we put one of those videos on our Ohio State football YouTube channel? Uh, maybe we can shoot our own. Yeah. Yeah. I My wife has apparently, in the last week, acquired a deep fryer. I, I don't have one. I want so, one. So is this going to be like football meets Mythbusters we're talking here? I think it's just football meets uh, things on fire. Tim, have you ever had fried turkey? Oh, wow, that is a fireball. Yeah, he did, Bill just Googled it, and there's a like picture of a screenshot of a video that's just a fireball. Is that a mushroom cloud? Yeah. Is that a nuclear explosion? There, yeah. I'd almost rather mix Mentos and Diet, and Diet Coke than try and deal with that. And That is explosive, man. Yeah. It's a bomb. Okay. It's a bomb. This is a, a public frozen, service. Frozen turkey in a vat of hot oil is a bomb. Sometimes we like to mix in like a little fake commercial because we still don't have anybody paying for anything. Here's our fake commercial. This holiday season, <laughs> please be careful and do not throw a frozen turkey into your deep fryer because what can happen, Bill Landis? Everything goes boom. 
<laughs> Brought to you by the Buckeye Talk Podcast, concerned for the health of your family and your turkey. Tim, you've never had fried turkey. I've, Bill's never had fried turkey. I've had fried turkey once or twice. It was a What'd long you time. think? Uh, I can't really describe like how it tasted. I mean, tur- I mean, this was a long time ago. I had fried turkey. I just remember having it. it was you pretty- were drunk when you had it. Yeah. No, this was <laughs> yeah, not that long. <laughs> not, not that recent ago. It was a much longer time ago. But most you were of the ten, tur- you were drunk, <laughs> and then you had fried turkey. Wow, <laughs> we see how it is. <laughs> we see how it is. Um. Okay, so you, so here's the poll results. 523 votes. Fried turkey. Eaten it and loved it wins at 49%. Next is never had it at 35%. So yeah. a third of the people have never had it. Eaten it and it's okay, 14%. Eaten it, didn't like it, 2%. Yeah, it's fried. Let's go fry some turkey right now. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to do that, the people that do that know how they're doing it, know how to do it, or they have a plan and they've researched it out pretty well. And they, they've told, they've said people, hey, I'm going to go fry a turkey for this Thanksgiving. Like, you better defrost it first. Otherwise, I, you're going to have a giant fire outside. I should have had a choice of tried it, burned my house down. Yeah. 11%. <laughs> like, wow. That is unfortunate. Well, um, what about that? That would be like an internet meme. This is what happens when you deep fry your turkey. Boom. All right. This is another question. This is like off on a side, but I just wanted to throw this out there because I liked it the old way. Um, Up until 2009, the Ohio State-Michigan game was the week before Thanksgiving because uh, at first it was wild. The Big Ten, well, they they only played 11 college games, and then they went to... 12 games starting in 2006, but for a while, the Big Ten just crammed it in and had no bye week. So the Big Ten always got done a week earlier than everybody else in the country, which is why that was such a big storyline when Ohio State played Florida in the national championship game after 2006. I think it was 41 days they were off or whatever because uh, I think Florida had a regular season game and then the SEC championship game. Like They played like a full two weeks after Ohio Mm -hmm. State. So now it's it's a harder path, but you're also like you don't get stale. You don't get – you're not yeah. sitting around. But since 2010 is when they switched it. Um, they added a buy then for the Big Ten, and now obviously now we're at a point where it's not even over. Now we have the Big Ten championship game. What was better? Did you like Ohio State-Michigan the week before Thanksgiving, like the old days, or do you like it now where it's the week of Thanksgiving? 789 votes. 47% like it better the way it is now, the week of Thanksgiving. 33% say liked it the week before. 20% say they don't care. doesn't matter. So I selfishly liked it the week before because now it's Michigan week and we got to work our butts off. And there's fewer days to write because you guys are distracted with other things on Thursday and Friday. But we also, you know, we're trying to eat Thanksgiving with our families. Yeah. And Trestle was always big into that. He wanted the players to have Thanksgiving with their families. He never wanted to move. Um, but... You know, like football's kind of a Thanksgiving thing. So there's a lot of people on here saying, like, you know what? Like you have Thanksgiving, you do your thing on Friday, then you plot down on Saturday, you're relaxed, you're full. Like, what a great way to watch football. So what's better? I for selfish reasons also like it the old way. I also liked it so my freshman year of college, I think, was the last year that the Big Ten schedule ended before Thanksgiving. And then after it switched, I always thought it was weird. It was like you leave school 
you go home for Thanksgiving, and then it's like, well, are you going to go to the football game next weekend? I was like, I don't know. I don't really know if I want to drive four hours to go to a football game when I don't have, actually have to be back on campus until Sunday to be a class on Monday. So I thought that was kind of strange, kind of a pain. Um, but, yeah, I get why people like it. I think uh, I was listening to a, a podcast. I listened to a couple of college football football podcast one's called solid verbal and they were talking about eating thanksgiving leftovers while watching football this saturday and i thought that sounds like a nice time that makes me can we bring thanksgiving leftovers to the press box would that be appropriate i don't see why not okay you just have to find a nice like be, like a cooler bag to bring it in that they'll let us bring into michigan stadium on saturday you get the you get the fryer. food on thursday and black friday shopping and get the necessary cooler bag mm-hmm. and the deep fryer could we eat normal turkey on thursday and then deep fry the leftovers Oh, I don't know. Maybe. At a tailgate? Like, if we tailgate, if we I'd get... Be, I'd be willing to try it. All right. It might be too dry by that point. Um, Oscar Kessel actually had a good point on Twitter. He said, it was good the week before Thanksgiving if you were a student, as you're saying, mm-hmm. because you're on campus and you don't have to rush back right after the holiday. But now, if you're an adult, it's the week after is better. Yeah. Which I think is a very astute point. It's backing yeah. up what you said. Michael Oldfield... M. Oldfield 61 said, week of, I get three Thanksgiving meals, my wife's family, my family, and then leftovers for the game, which is some hardcore eating nice. that week. That's solid. Um, the real A. Lev, A. Aaron, <coughs> loyal tweeter, love the week of um, like it is now, but he misses the Thursday night Mirror Lake jump because that is the thing. The Mirror Lake jump used to be on Thursday – because it was the week before. Like, you can't have Mirror Lake on Thanksgiving. Right. So they moved Mirror Lake to either it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, it was a Tuesday. And actually kind of a funny detour in a Mirror Lake story. I used there was They used to have ghost tours of Ohio State. And I, I remember hearing the story once that like maybe decades ago there was someone who died in Mirror Lake. And like if you jumped in the lake, sometimes once in a while you feel like a hand grab at your foot. That's terrifying. Like a weird ghost story kind of thing. Not just like pull you in the water like one of those scary movies, but just... Kind of the, one of those weird ghost stories. I just thought was kind of fascinating. Jim Carlson at the Sega Kid says he loves the week of two holidays in three days. I think that's a popular opinion. Yeah. Um, but this is Seth Shaner. Shaner Bomb had a lot of good tweets this week at us this week. I'll try to get to another one of his. But he said, I'll say this. The Cooper years saw me sleepwalk through most Thanksgivings. There was a definite pal over the festivities. Which is like... So you lose on Saturday, and now it's Thanksgiving week, and you're depressed. Yeah. As opposed to now you can enjoy your Thanksgiving and get excited for the game, yeah. but then if you lose, you're not ruining the holiday. That is a very interesting point. point. Yeah, it is. Plus, I think it's it's interesting to have it on Thanksgiving because then you have you could spend at like the week at week weekend with your family. Thursday you eat, Friday you shop, and Saturday you just watch the game together. It's just making a whole weekend thing before y'all go your separate ways on Sunday. And college football really should. Be about family, mm-hmm. which is why I like to think of us as a family, a podcast family. We love you guys, Michigan, 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 Michigan. <laughs> Josh Routson one one seven says, "I think it's better on the week of Thanksgiving because it makes that Saturday a lot more enjoyable because it's rivalry week throughout the country." And I do think that was always a weird thing. As as much like as selfishly I liked being done, it was like, "Hey, look!" Because the whole rest of the world was playing. Yeah. There'd be a game or two on Thanksgiving, then there'd be a couple games on Friday, then there'd be the games on Saturday, and it's like, oh well, the conference we, the you know we write about or the conference that the fans here care about is all done. 
Well, that's like, like you got left out. USC and UCLA played last weekend. Like now USC's done. And they're yeah. playing in the Pac-12 championship, but they're not just not playing this weekend. That is kind of strange. Why? Why? Why is that? I don't know. I didn't bother to. Yeah. Did they play? But UCLA plays this week, don't they? I think they yeah, do. They I don't know why USC doesn't play this week. I mean, for for they a, play twelve games though. They're dumb. For a college football, you know, just a generic college football fan, this is like a weekend in heaven. You know, Thursday you get Thursday Friday, I believe is the Apple Cup. Washington, Washington Thursday night's Thursday. the Egg Bowl. Egg Bowl on Thursday night. Friday. Iowa, Nebraska is still Friday, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so. So you have Iowa, Nebraska Friday. I believe the Apple Cup's Friday. I could be wrong. Yeah, that's right. And then Saturday, you have the doubleheader of Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, excuse me, and then the Iron Bowl. You have those back to back. Does USC, does their schedule get screwed up because they've got to squeeze in Notre Dame somewhere? And that's like a more difficult oh, non conference game to squeeze in? Maybe. And as a result, it's like you sort of end up like, well, we got to have our buy here to get Notre Dame in, and so we'll take the. It might be. Yeah, that could be it. A little that could be it. Screwy. Um, I mean, I guess it's nice to have the week off for the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I guess so. Um, okay, do you guys have any questions? By the way, I have th- I have one looking ahead. Um, Fast Eddie, we'll d- get to this real quick. At Eddie Waller, Edward Waller. Usually in rivalry games, because we did a video on this, we see some interesting wrinkles in the game plan or game calling, uh, play calling. Is this the game we see Dobbins and Weber in the backfield at the same time, or do you think there's another look Ohio State shows on Saturday? We did a video on this earlier in the week where we signed, to some degree downplayed the wrinkles, um, but the Weber-Dobbins wrinkle is one that we've sort of been talking about off and on all year. Webbins dobber for Michigan or no? I, I did it again. Webbins dobber Dauber's the guy. You yeah, know, Dauber. God, Dobbins and Weber. Weber. I've done this before. I've done this exact thing. I scream it. Weber, Dobbins, together, together against Michigan or no? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I had uh, a, like a mini Twitter back and forth with Ross Ross Fulton from Buckeye Grove about that um backfield package and he said like what we were talking about like what's the difference between that and just using the tight end the way they mm-hmm. kind of been using the tight end um and one of the reasons is that like, the tight end blocking has been pretty inconsistent and also weber having weber or another running back back there gives you some more options on misdirection and stuff like that yeah um so yeah i think i think if like whatever if you want to call that a wrinkle like they've done it in the past so i don't think it's a wrinkle but we haven't seen it yet this year i think you could see it does he like it ross who we respect as an x and o's guy uh, he seemed a little medium on it. Okay. Yeah. Fast. I, go ahead, Tim. I think if we don't see it this week, then we're never going to see it. Yeah, I think that's true. I know you guys kind of downplayed the idea of, you know, doing something different for Michigan week. I don't believe or whatever Meyer says about it, because why would you have a Michigan period every day in practice? Because he's a psychopath. If you don't have something up your sleeve for that game, not necessarily a trick play like I kind of suggest. Can I ask you a question? What is your evidence to support that? Support to support the fact that you think Ever Meyer's going to like throw a flea flicker at Michigan on Saturday. Well, what's your evidence to support that he's not? Because he's never done it. That in five years they haven't really he's done much different. Five times he hasn't done it. Well, I mean, not necessarily flea flicker. I'm saying there's something that we haven't seen that I'm going to expect we're going to see. I'm, and but that's I'm, what, but, and I think we're saying for five years we don't. I don't know that there's one thing that I would point to that. Urban Meyer's offense has shown anything in five years in the Michigan game that they didn't show before, which is why we're down on it. When B.B. Laner scores off a of fumble, Ruski, I'll accept okay. your, your apology. Oh, no, no, no. We will do the apology video. Oh, yeah. We will, I, will literally, I will literally do the entire video on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a couple questions. 
Let me. I want to do a fast Eddie trifecta real quick because he gave us three, and the other are food related. Fast Eddie, this is mostly for Landis. I currently live in Europe and get to drink some outstanding beers. What is your favorite import, or do you only like domestic? Oh, uh, I don't know. I drink mostly domestic beers. Like I like Heineken, but that's like a that's like a the Miller Lite of imports. Is it really? I don't know. I think it's a really good beer, but it's like it's the most obvious imported beer. I think. Do you like Guinness at all? I love Guinness. Yeah, that counts, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm just not. Yeah, I drink mostly like local brewed stuff. And does anybody drink uh, alcohol with Thanksgiving dinner? Is that like a thing? That's he's asking. What's your favorite adult beverage with Thanksgiving? I usually like uh, just like a little, little bit of whiskey after dinner. Really? Yeah, like very little bit. Like I'm not getting hammered, but it's nice. It's nice to. Is like a thing? The family does it? No, 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 no. It's just something that I just a little Landis flask. Sounds like classing it up a little bit. (coughs) Do you guys drink wine? Do people drink wine with Thanksgiving? I think some people drink yeah, wine. Yeah, I don't drink wine. I don't drink anything. I, think, I believe in our Thanksgiving, wine is usually an option. I'm not a person who really drinks alcohol on Thanksgiving because, you know, the food knocks you out anyways. I wish I drank wine. That's why I like I like a, just a little a little dab of alcohol after the turkey dinner to finish off the job and then it's nap time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's the thing I always wonder about. So what do you do? What is the etiquette? What is your rule? If you are not in your own home – or in your parents' home. Because if you're going to your parents' house, you can do whatever the hell you want. You're the kid. But if you're not in your own home or your parents' home, what is where do you nap? How do you go about finding a napping spot at your aunt's or your uncle's or your cousin's or your friend's? Is that ever difficult? I go over to the recliner, pick my brother up off of it, and then sit down where he was sitting. <laughs> Okay, if you're not six five, what what is the etiquette on that? Like, can you drool on your aunt's arm of her sofa? And it's like, well, it's Thanksgiving. Bill's drooling. It's Thanksgiving. I would like, never. I would pass out. Uh, like that's what I would be worried about. Like I would pass never. Out I would never lay across multiple seats. Okay. I would only probably. I've definitely fallen asleep in a recliner, fully reclined, shoes off, belt loosened. At your at, at whose house? Like my aunt's house. At your aunt's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do like is that just oh that's Bill? Like you're just lovable Bill and they're good. It's just it's what everyone wants to do. I'm just the first one to the chair. Well, just, my brother is, and they move him, and then I'm the second one in the chair. You're bold. You're bold enough and confident enough to just do what everybody. After wants to dinner, do. like half the house is sleeping in the living room. Really, like, football's on the TV. Half people are talking and having a good time, and the other half is sleeping. I respect your family. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, do you sleep after after you eat? Sometimes, yeah. Usually, if it's not. In their in my aunt and uncle's living room, it's in the car home because from my parents' house to their house in Pennsylvania is about a three hour drive, and they kind of live out in the country in okay. Western Pennsylvania. God's country. Uh, all right, last one. I think this is a very important question because I have a hard take on this. In regards to turkey, do you prefer dark or white meat? Dark, dark. I am absolutely flabbergasted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I cannot. Fathom liking dark meat more than white meat. Is not dark meat like kind of slimy? Yeah. It's also more flavorful. Yeah, the more tender. Flavorful? Uh-huh. The flavors in the dark meat, and I apologize to the listeners who had to turn down the volume like ten seconds ago. I I I won't eat it. I don't I would I throw dark meat away. Dark meat is literally trash. No. No, you're wrong. 
Yeah. For once, this I'm is, on, This is a white chocolate conversation. Again. This is the rare time where I'm on Bill's side of the food argument. So, are you guys grabbing, like, the drumstick kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, big turkey yeah, leg guy. Drumstick, my aunt carves it up so the dark meat's always there. I'm, that's what I'm grabbing is the dark meat because I think that's where all the flavor is. That's where the juiciness of the turkey is, is in the dark meat. But it's not a little slimy? No, it definitely is, yeah. And you like the slime. As it's sliding down, I don't want that slime. Yeah. I also like dry turkey. I don't like, yeah, that's, that, why, that's why I don't like I don't like dry turkey. I like one of a nice, dry piece of white meat. That's, yeah, the dry turkey thing, I cannot get behind that. I know that's a, I don't know, that's a, that's a but but like a juicy, like, do you, would, will you eat white meat? Like a nice juicy? Yeah, sure, sure. But it's not as good. No, I don't think it's as good. But there's also, there's a limited amount of dark meat on the turkey. I'm not naive to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just, I'm not just going to eat dark meat because then I'll still be hungry. Okay. Like I will, like I go to when I go to KFC, I pay extra to get all breasts because mm. I don't want I don't want the I don't want thighs. You guys want a thigh? Yeah, I like a thigh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. At least the drumstick is shaped cool. The thigh, the thigh, the thigh is the absolute reject of the bird. Yeah, that's probably true. What I'll say when it comes to my chicken preference, it's a good thing Hot Chicken Takeover has all drumsticks because that is a that is perfect. Like four drumsticks in a box. All right, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna make a turkey. Okay. Or deep fry it. And we're gonna film. <laughs> this is what we're gonna do in December. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna deep fry a turkey, and we're gonna do it on the podcast. We'll make the podcast like. We won't do it for five hours, but we'll start it and we'll talk a little bit. Then we'll stop and let the turkey fry. And then we'll turn the podcast back on and fry it some more. And then we'll eat it. But we need to have okay. live podcast cam of this happening. Like, we might invite people to come do it with us. I'm not carving the bird, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> who's, who's telling their uh, significant other that uh, podcast listeners are coming to the house for a turkey dinner in the middle of We're going to go to Tim's apartment. I Thanks, don't say- Thanks Tim. I don't know if I can ex- – all our loyal listeners, I don't know if all of them are going to fit in my apartment. So one bed, like one bathroom 50. apartment. All right. got to finish up quick, but Tim, just quickly give everyone your address. <laughs> uh, um, all right. It's Rivalry Week. Landis, go ahead with what you were going to say before I cut oh, you off I'm with just, the trifecta of Fast Eddie. Shelby Goldman asked the question. He said, what was the vibe from talking to players? Are they gonna, he said, are they going to bludgeon Michigan or are they going to uh, go Iowa on us again? Um. I think it's weird. Like it's Michigan week, so that they're going to be kind of like amped up a little bit. I did. I think they are angry about the Michigan players saying they won last year. Okay. Someone asked Sam Hubbard, and Sam Hubbard was like, "I'm not talking about that." It was like the most mean I've ever seen Sam Hubbard in my life. Ooh. Yeah. He was. He had a little edge to him. Yeah. So someone kept asking the players throughout the whole session, you know, like, "Who won the game last year?" It was Lori Schmidt. God love her, because I think that's a question like might get you yelled at. And she, I heard her ask people multiple times, like, who won the game last year? It's like kind of like nonchalantly. And Billy Price was like, I think the scoreboard says we won. The <laughs> yeah. box score says we won. That's going to be some good radio clips. Yeah. For her to play on on the uh, radio station. Yeah, and there good. was also an interesting story I put on The Breakfast on Tuesday. Chase Winovich, the Michigan defensive end, he was, says he was hit in the sternum by a fan as he walked off the field last year. Called a fan a roly-poly. <laughs> yeah, he called a fan a roly-poly. He said someone gave him the double burn Marcus Hall style, and then another one punched him in the chest. I missed that because someone in their question, I'm looking at a question right now on Twitter that says, what are the can't-miss foods for the roly-poly Buckeye fan this Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... 
hey, Matt Robinson at Matt85, like, what the hell are you talking about? I completely missed that. I apologize. I didn't catch that breakfast. Chase, he, Chase Winovich called him a roly-poly fan? Yeah. yeah. That is hilarious. Um, do we need to flip those birds at some point in the cooking process? <laughs> Matt Robinson, your whole question has come into the new light now that I know this story. That is tremendous. Matt Robinson, we're not going to answer it, but that is a tremendous double-barreled question right there. Um, uh, let's see. I had one. Oh, okay. So, first of all, my man Wade Boggs, Buckeye Boggs, asked a basketball question. And we're not, I don't think we'll answer it here, but I think I'm going to do a basketball podcast soon. Um, maybe after the Michigan game. Maybe not. Maybe at the Big Ten Championship. Um, Doug DeLillo, our producer, <laughs> he asked a bunch. We'll, we'll, we'll get one because I think we can give a quick answer. Um, he said, we saw you guys take a, a step back into an alternate universe where JT got stopped last year, Michigan won, and Ari still existed. <laughs> um, curious what you think of the outcome of a Clemson-Michigan playoff matchup would have been last year. I think similar. I don't know. I don't know that – what what was Michigan going to do offensively that was going to be a whole lot better than what Ohio State didn't do against Clemson against that defensive front? Uh, maybe dedicate itself a little more to the run. I mean, all I think that does is maybe keep the ball from Clemson for one possession. So, do they st- and do they stop Deshaun Watson at all? I think that Michigan's defense was much more aggressive than Ohio State's. Um. They certainly didn't have the secondary overall, secondary talent overall, but I think it's possible that Michigan maybe could have goaded Deshaun Watson into another turnover or two with their pressure. I don't think Ohio State was the best team in the Big Ten last year. So it's yeah. like Ohio, Gate, Ohio State got shut up by Clemson. If you want to make an argument that both Michigan and Penn State would have given them a better showing against Clemson, I think that's a, a fairly easy argument to make. Yeah, but I still think Clemson would have won, and probably pretty comfortably. Tim? I, I kind of agree. I didn't think Michigan's offense, you know, m- was much better than Ohio State's last year. I just, I kind of agree that they would have been more dedicated to traditional running, try and take the game away. But defensively, I don't think they get the picks Ohio State gets because, I mean, you mentioned a long time ago the Malik Hooker pick that you said I believe was one of the best football plays you've ever seen. Um, I don't know if Michigan had a guy in the secondary that could have done that. I mean, they had a great cover corner in Jordan Lewis. You had Jabril Peppers, the Viper, who was doing a little everything, more so in the run game than anything. I think he would have been the spy on Deshaun Watson. But other than that, I don't think they were going to be able to do as much offensively as Ohio State. Maybe they would have gotten a touchdown, but I still would have think blah, blah, was possible. Uh, when I was in high school, my friends had a band, and they only ever played like one song that they wrote. And the name of the song was Where's the Viper? Mm. And it went like this. Where's the Viper? Where's the Viper? Where's the Viper? And I don't know if there were any other songs to it. Uh, any other words to it. What but was the band called? Uh, it didn't really have a name. I only ever wrote one song. Where's the Viper, though? If you guys ever catch that on the radio. Well, I'll tell you. Dump, <laughs> while you're driving your wherever you're going on Thanksgiving, read my matchup. It'll be talking about... This year's Viper, Khalik Hudson. Not, not, not if you're driving though. Well, only no. if you're in the back seat. Yes, if, or if you're in the passenger seat. Do not read our articles while driving. While our articles are fantastic, they are not worth you reading while driving. Here's what you should do: when you get in the car to go to Thanksgiving, designate someone in the car to read aloud all the Michigan Ohio State matchups that Tim has done this week. He's doing one uh, every day, Tuesday through Saturday. So it'll only be three by Thanksgiving. But that's three that you can use to educate the people in your car. And then tweet at Tim and say, thank you, Tim, 
for giving us something to talk about on our drive. And I don't know if I'll have time to transcribe them to an audio file for you, but if you really ask, I may consider it. Uh, okay, there's some – Goon has a really good question, our man Goon4218, about Urban's ability to shift and augment the offense next year with the new quarterback. I'm going to heart that Goon and save that for a December podcast, which I think like we're going to do a whole December podcast on the 2018 offense – what it would look like with Dwayne Haskins, what it would look like with Tate Martell. We just don't have time to get into it right now. But that's a really good question. I want to get this quick from Scott Duda. Will the team do anything to honor Terry Glenn? I don't know. We haven't heard anything about a helmet decal or anything. I certainly would not be surprised. No. I, like I, I almost would expect something. That's something Ohio State is, is very typically open to doing things um, to honor um, – those who have recently passed and are, are, are important parts of the Ohio State family. Uh, we don't know for sure. I do know it was really interesting. I, we'll have a, at least a short story or something on this this week. Um, I didn't even realize it, but we were talking – I asked Terry McLaurin just in general about what it was like in the receiver's room when you hear that an Ohio, a legendary Ohio State receiver, Terry Glenn, died this week at age 43. And Dave Biddle uh, from Bucknuts pointed out in the uh, after my question that this was that Terry McLaurin wears the same number as Terry Glenn which is an 83 and then Terry McLaurin had to point out to my dismay that I didn't realize it myself that he has the same name he was like and I'm also a Terry and I was like yeah you are a Terry so that's a Terry wearing number 83 um and Terry McLaurin takes that seriously like he's he's hoping that I mean what can you do it's a terrible tragedy and 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 you can't pretend that a football game is gonna is gonna take it's gonna make up for the loss of a of a a family member like that. Um, but that's a really good guy. And I told Terry McLaurin that like if you want if you want a guy in a terrible time in your life to be out there on a field in a jersey wearing the jersey of your former teammate or friend or family member with the same name. And if he can do anything to somehow honor Terry Glenn on Friday, Terry McLaurin's the guy you want. Terry McLaurin is a great guy. I don't know that, you know, nobody's expecting Terry McLaurin to have three touchdowns against Michigan, but it doesn't matter what he does. It's just the way he handles his business on the field that there's going to be a Terry in a number 83 wearing an Ohio State uniform in the Michigan game on Saturday. And that's not going to bring Terry Glenn back, but that's going to be a moment. And I can tell you that Terry McLaurin is going to take that very seriously. And he wanted to pass along his uh, thoughts and prayers to the family of Terry Glenn. So um, Scott's other question, uh, what's the deal with the it's time for war song? Where did it come from? Is this an urban Meyer thing? It's clearly an urban Meyer thing. So break down what you know, Bill. I know that it's a song by LL Cool J and they play it uh, before every Ohio state game. They show uh, highlights from past games Every time they show Michigan highlights, that song plays. Um, I believe that song plays when they do their Michigan period in practice. And they've said in the past that like that song plays all week in the Woody during Michigan week. But we have definitely been in the Woody during Michigan week when that song is not playing. Um, like when we go in for a Monday press conference with Urban, it's not playing. So maybe it's just when the players are in there. I'm not sure. But it is, yeah, it's a staple of the rivalry now brought here by Urban Meyer. All right. I'm going to run through this super quick because we're getting late. It's such a good G-Nilly question, and I think we'll be done unless anybody has anything super pressing. G-Nilly 97, in light of the rivalry, what are some of your favorite food and beverage rivalries? 
So he listed a couple. So well, I'm going to read you the ones he listed first, and you tell me where you fall in the rivalry. Mm-hmm. And then if we think of any others, we'll throw them out there. Okay? Okay. Coke versus Pepsi. Coke. Pepsi. Coke. McDonald's versus Wendy's. 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 It's hard. Listen. <laughs> I don't want to get kicked out of our office. <laughs> so, it's really Wendy's. McDonald's. <laughs> Pizza Hut versus Domino's. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. But, what do you eat more often? Domino's. Pizza Hut. Domino's. Yeah. Domino's is has good online coupons. It's also and, cheaper. And they're cheaper. Plus, yeah. Domino's has the commercials with the one guy, one guy from Stranger Things. I think he was in a couple of those commercials that were like Ferris Bueller's bet offs. Did you guys see the thing where the Stranger Kids, the Stranger Things kids sang with James Corden? Yeah, it was awesome. Was it the one with him and uh, Ben Schwartz from Parks and Recreation? Where... No, it was, it was James Corden and the four boys like doing oh, uh, yeah, Motown songs. Because yeah. the one kid. So good. Because the one kid, I believe I remember reading this, he was in a Broadway production of Lame as a Rob. The kid with the curly hair, yeah. He yeah. also like sang the national anthem in a Mets game. Really? Yeah. And the one other kid was really good too. I thought, I thought they were all good. Yeah. yeah. Corden's Corden's the man. Well, there's a talented young actors, and I hope they continue doing things. I'm excited for Stranger Things season three. So, I, season I still don't want to watch Stranger Things. I watched the first three episodes of the first season. I think it was great. Snickers versus Milky Way. Oh, I'm Milky Way. Uh, well, I've said this before. I don't like peanuts. I give a slight edge to Snickers. Okay, I know you like, said you don't like peanut. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and I'm and I'm saying this as someone who like doesn't like a lot of things on things, but it's like, here's here's a thing. Do you want the thing, or we could take the thing and sprinkle sparkles from heaven on it and make it a million times better? Well, a Snickers is a Milky Way with caramel and nuts. There's caramel in Milky Way. There is? Yeah, it's like caramel. Oh, the Three Musketeers is no it's just, correct. It's just a Milky Way with peanuts. That is a lot of nougat. That is a lot of nougat <laughs> without a peanut to break it up. I've actually never had a Snickers. So okay. maybe. Well, we're, here's what we're having. I have to, I have to, so, do you have an allergy? No, I just don't like them. So this is gonna what we're going to do. We're going to deep fry a turkey <laughs> with Buckeye Talk listeners, and then we're going to eat Snickers for dessert. And we're going to watch Bill eat a Snickers for the first time. I've also never had a Butterfinger. Can we (sighs) deep? Why is that? That's not nut related. It's not a nut. I don't even know what a Butterfinger is. It's never occurred to me to try one, even when I saw those Bart Simpson favorite? What's your favorite candy bar? Uh, 100 grand. How often do you go into like a convenience store and buy a candy bar? Very infrequently. Would you buy like like a baked good instead? Uh, I'm not like a huge, I'm not like a huge sweets guy, um, but probably I'm probably more likely to like grab a honey bun or like an apple pie than I'm a candy okay. bar. Okay, I'm a big, I quite enjoy like when people talk about like what do you like for dessert and stuff. I like stopping at a convenience store and buying a candy bar. Oh, you know what I like? Uh, fast Break Reese's Fast Break. It's like a combination peanut butter cup, Three Musketeers. Do you know what I think is in a Fast Break? Peanut butter. Is there a nut in there though? No. Are you sure? If there is, and I'm thinking of the wrong thing. <laughs> okay, okay. I think there, there's a lot of the, the peanut butter cup varieties. Okay. All right, I'm recovering from that. Dunkin' Donuts versus Starbucks on the coffee, all in coffee-related. Dunkin' Dun- Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. I'm not a coffee drinker, so by default, I have to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Do you Have you never had coffee, or do you've had it, you just don't enjoy it? I've never had coffee. I've just never... 
I know I'm 29 years old. I've never been in a situation where I've ever felt like I wanted slash needed coffee. I'm trying to think when it was in my life. I'm 44. There was definitely a point in my life where I had never had coffee. I never drank it. And then I started drinking coffee. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but then once I started, now I'm a coffee drinker. So I don't know if that happens in your life that people come to a point where it's like, I'm a coffee drinker now. That happened. I think I've told the story on here before that my first cup of coffee was at a Tim Hortons in Toronto. And then I've had multiple cups of coffee like every day since then. Do you, Tim, do you feel like you need something in the morning to help you wake up? Like, do you need a shot of caffeine or are you just, you're fine? Usually I'm fine. I mean, I admit I'm a night person. I'm not, I'm never a morning person to begin with. I just never feel like that person. I just need like a jolt to wake up in the morning. Although I will say there have been times in the past where I've experimented with drinking a can of Coke at seven in the morning and it does not taste that good. Now that, that is the thing. I do think there sometimes younger people will drink soda for their caffeine jolt in the morning. And then when you get to the point where you still need the caffeine, but you don't want to drink soda for with breakfast, you become a coffee drinker. Yeah. Anything else? Any other, uh, any other, uh, is Wendy's the correct rival for McDonald's? Or would you think more Burger King? I, would, I think it would be Burger King, but then I'd pick McDonald's. Yeah, I always pictured McDonald's and Burger King as a rivalry with Wendy's being above the two. Here's what it is. I swear to God, this is what it is. Ohio State is McDonald's. Michigan is Burger King. Mm, Penn you, State is Wendy's? I was going to say Michigan State. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do Are we going to do this in December? Are we, in December, going to do a 14-team slideshow assigning fast food establishments to every Big Ten football team. Yes. Okay, who's doing it? Uh, I am. Okay. Um, Can I get a sneak peek of what do you think Rutgers is? Rallies. <laughs> I was going to say White Castle. Well, I'm not. You just because it's dirty and in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, they made a movie about White Castle, and it was a very good movie. I will say that. Oh, God. God, that's going to be good. <laughs> Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. Mark your calendars okay. for this one. Everybody. We got so much going on now. We got a yeah. deep fried turkey. Yeah. We got to compare. Like, what's Maryland? Can we? Can we? Oh um, also, god. Ohio State might be in the playoff. <laughs> yeah. Can we oh, also yeah. deep fry the Snickers bars while I'm thinking about it? Yeah. I want to try one natural though. Yeah. You know what also helps is when you go, uh, you put it in the freezer. That's really I do that good. with candy bars. Yeah. We yeah. usually get one up. Usually, freezer. I just put it in the fridge. Usually, that's good enough. All right. The um, that's it. Okay, I'm looking to see if there's more questions. That was a lot of questions. We appreciate you guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for listening to Buckeye Talk. We will have another podcast on Saturday um, after the game. Um, and that, excuse me. Then next week again. Just so you guys know, and you know this by now, win or lose, Ohio State's going to the Big Ten Championship, and they're playing Wisconsin. So we will have another midweek podcast next week to set up the Big Ten Championship. I think what we'll do then to plan for 10 days from now is I don't think we will do a podcast after Saturday night after the game, but we will certainly do a podcast on Sunday after the playoff pairings are announced and Ohio State is either in or not in. And if they lose to Wisconsin, we'll still wait. and they'll have. So we'll do a, a podcast on December 3rd, on that Sunday, after we know where Ohio State is going for the postseason. So it'll almost be like a post-game, but it'll be a post-bowl announcement. Mm. Um, so again, follow us on Twitter, at Tim Bielek, at BillAndis25, at Doug Maurice. Read our stuff at cleveland.com slash OSU. Follow the podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and everywhere else. 
And uh, thanks again to you guys. Um, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Hope you have a great week. Hope you have a great time with your family and friends. Um, just the the one thing you can't do. I mean, is this if you are at quick fifteen second answer for everybody. When you reach the point at Thanksgiving dinner when you are stuffed but you want to eat like one more thing, do you stop or do you go? Go. I I go for it. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Go big or go home. You can always go to the gym the next day. Okay. You got to go. Or the next week. Don't live your life filled with the regret of the Thanksgiving food not eaten. Okay? I still tell the story. I've lived a charmed life so far. Among the greatest regrets in my life is that at my wedding, there was chicken. And I had one chicken breast and I enjoyed it. And I was going to go back and get a second chicken breast, and I didn't. And I still think about that. <laughs> 22 years later, I think about the uneaten second chicken breast at my wedding. If you went upstairs right now and said to my wife, Katie, what is Doug's greatest regret in life? She'd be like, the uneaten chicken breast at the wedding. <laughs> Don't do that to yourself. Grab life by the drumstick, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. He's Bill. He's Tim. I'm Doug. Thanks for listening. And that was Buckeye Talk.